0: Welcome to the To Read List. I'm Bailey, and this is a podcast where I attempt to get through the 142 unread books on my shelf. With me, as always, is my friend Toby. Hey. My brother, Andrew. Yo. My husband, Dylan's the sound recordist.
1: That's me.
0: Well, guys, how's everybody doing? Does anybody have any book shame to report?
2: I am shameless. I was thwarted. Oh. oh. Ooh so i attempted to be a shameful little boy this is every
3: day for andrew
2: yeah every day i try to be a shameful little boy it's just my way of going back to the world he
3: says those like old-timey prayers where he like kneels down by his bed he's like lord let me be
2: a shameful little boy (laughs) he goes into a church confessional (laughs) exactly so i tried because i thought it would be fun to have some more shame and i've been putting off buying these two books for a while to buy copies of in the dream house and Mm. her body and other parties by carmen maria machado Mm -hmm. And I did. I did my favorite thing to do, which is on the beginning of a walk, I ordered a pickup order at Greenlight Bookstore. Usually it's ready by the time I finish my walk and make the loop. It wasn't ready this time. (gasps) So I'm shameless. But just know that probably by the time this podcast is released, I will be full of shame.
0: So you're delayed shame.
2: Isn't that the sweetest kind of shame? That's what I'm trying to say, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't have any... um, Shame per se, but I did go to Target the other day, which I hadn't been in what a year. Um, and I went (sighs) at even nine, I even went at 9 p.m. trying to avoid the crowds. What
3: that's like Target, that's like Target rave hour, yeah. That's when they really let loose.
0: I realized I don't. Remember, had a human. Um, everything is difficult, but they had a really cool section of books.
3: <laughs> oh, I don't know if I've ever described the section of books at Target as really cool. Yeah. Yes,
0: me neither. But this was a kids' book section. Oh, so Uh-oh, I, I went Maggie. ham. I know I went ham on books for our daughter Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought like six kids' books, but none for me. So not exactly shame.
2: I find that my, like, lack of remembering how to be a good human comes out most in the grocery store, where I just, I don't think I've had a single normal interaction with a checkout person throughout this whole pandemic. I just am overly sensitive in everything, don't hear what's going on, or try to talk too much, and then I end up, you know, with 15 extra paper bags for no reason.
0: Yeah, I, I know at Trader Joe's, I think they're supposed to ask you something, like, about the stuff that you buy, and one time they were like, Oh, so, you know, what are you cooking for dinner tonight? And I was like, I don't know. My husband cooks. And they're like, well, what do you usually like to have for dinner? And I was like, (laughs) "Uh, food.
3: Bailey, would you like me to part the veil a little bit for you as a former TJ's employee? Yes. TJ's is a great place to work. Um, You definitely are supposed to, like, chat it up with people. But it was a thing I remember when I was first on Cashier, like, you would you'd get so eager and they have like the captain of the store is the manager and they're mm-hmm. watching you kind of. Ooh. So early in your days, you know, you don't really pick up on people's signs where like a sign would be if someone said, I don't know, my husband cooks. <laughs> <laughs> when you get a little bit more experience, maybe you think, okay, this person is chilling. Like yeah. they don't really want me to grill them on their food. But in your first stage, you're like, really? Well, what do you like to eat? <laughs>
0: It was, it was just too much. It was like, well, what are you going to do with these four ingredients? I'm like, is this an episode of Chopped?
2: I want to do a spinoff podcast about Toby's experience at TJ's because I'm fascinated right now. It was short and fun.
3: It was very, very fun. I had a really good time. I, uh, I worked the four to midnight shift.
2: Ooh. And I was Ooh. at the
3: age when I did it where every single night, five nights a week, we would go to the bar after Whoa. we finished work. That
0: was intense. Yeah. That, you must have been up late.
3: Yeah, I yeah. mean, you start working at four, so you just sleep in until like no, two.
0: No fair. It was fun, guys. I I wanted to bring something to the group, which I've been experiencing. I, I've heard other people experiencing it, but I wondered if you fellow bibliophiles were, which is I've been having. Are you calling me? That. <laughs> I've been having a hard time recently reading books, and I love to read books. But there's something I'm getting maybe going crazy in this pandemic or something. But all I want to do is listen to the same podcast, like really old episodes of it, and do puzzles. <laughs> And, like, get to the point where I'm like, I'm friends with these people. And it's like, no, you're not. You don't know those people. Hmm. Anyway.
3: This hits pretty close to home as a person who, on the way to this podcast, was re-listening to The Adventure Zone yet again. Yeah. So, uh, no comment.
2: Not for reading specifically, but Toby, I, too, am re-listening to Balance from The Adventure <laughs> Zone <too>. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, I've i made it through back to the Crystal Kingdom. Oh, um, I'm just behind you. Okay. Well, we're going to we're gonna meet in the middle. Um <laughs> But I've had this with soccer, the thing that obsessed me for so long. It just doesn't feel like anything to me anymore. Oh. I've stopped listening to the podcasts. Um, I still watch the games, but I feel no emotion. Guys. I'm hoping it comes back when the fans come back, but we'll see. I think it's just been too long, man. I
0: think we're all just depressed.
2: Yeah. i
3: have
0: been great. I don't know what
3: you guys are talking about. <laughs> Dylan's
2: reading two books,
3: one in each hand right now.
0: Ta-ta. Wow. I've started to do a lot of like trolling of puzzle accounts. Oh, speaking of, we got some- Wait, 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 You can't
3: just pivot away from that.
0: I've been trying really hard to find new puzzles to fuel my, like, I feel like everybody has some kind of shopping addiction Uh during the quarantine. It's like, why do you keep buying these things? I keep buying puzzles, but I I bought a
3: skateboard for the first time in ten years the other day.
2: And it's like, I certainly need all fifteen pairs of sneakers I bought during (laughs) quarantine.
0: It's the only joy we have, right? And so I've been looking for new puzzles, but I can't find any that I like because I like a very specific kind of puzzle. So I've been trolling for puzzle accounts to look and try to find a puzzle.
3: Trolling, trolling. What? T A W. Trolling. Yeah, trolling is like what you do with like a fishing line. Trolling is like, oh, you go suck at putting it oh.
1: puzzles. <laughs> that's
0: how
3: far down the rabbit. That's how far down the rabbit hole she's gone. She's
1: just like, is just now going on to puzzle Instagram accounts and talking smack. Do you, do, that would be really
0: funny. Do
3: you guys feel like you don't feel anything unless you're like spewing hate online?
0: <laughs> to, to puzzle accounts.
3: It's not that I have to complete this puzzle. It's that other people must fail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think of what a troll would be. It Would be like. <laughs> that piece doesn't go there. I, I got to a point. This is kind of the opposite of that, where I had been chatting online with somebody about this puzzle. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's this other girl I follow that makes puzzles. And she was commenting on my puzzle. And I was like, oh, I've been looking for that. I'm like, oh, it's really hard to find. Listeners may remember the donut puzzle. Mm. Um and she's like, someday I'll get it. And then the other day, I saw it at Target, and I put it in my cart to buy it for this random woman on the internet. And then I was like, Bailey, that's weird. And I
3: put it back. You have a
0: baby
1: what? to
3: feed. It
0: was oh, ten dollars. You
2: should have done it. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Just be like, then you what's your address? you would have to get her
2: address. Yeah, that's the weird part.
0: Along the same lines, you should know that we have had some feedback. Some puzzler slash listeners commented. Mm. And uh, a lot of people really loved our dramatic reading in the last episode.
3: Yeah, I, I was I was really glad to hear that because <laughs> my heart rate was pretty high when we were doing that one. So. It was pretty
0: intense. So too. maybe in the future we'll we'll find some other books. Has to be a specific kind of book.
3: So what are we reading out of Dreams of My Father? I know, right? <laughs> I
0: was like, mm, this one probably won't work.
3: So Andrew, uh, I heard that you like read a book or something. What's that about?
0: Yeah.
2: Who told you that? <laughs> It was Bailey. I read Frankly in Love by David Yoon.
0: Frankly.
3: In Love.
2: Frank, Frank, Frank.
1: I keep thinking accidentally in love every time I hear it. It's a like, Frankly in Love.
2: Mm.
0: Frankly in Love. Works.
2: Interesting. Jillian was singing that song today. <laughs> and I wonder if that's why she was singing
0: it. I bet it was. <laughs> Strawberry ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look,
2: that's We're a books
1: puzzle and <laughs> 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 counting gross podcast.
3: <laughs> I have been excising the Counting Crows content out of every episode, and I will not stop. Mr. I know it's, it's been Jones. a long
2: December, and... <laughs> <laughs> he wrote all the songs for Josie and the Pussycats. You all right. did? What? Yes, and when you listen back
3: to it, you can tell. Then why don't I love Counting Crows as much as I love the movie Josie and the
2: Pussycats? <laughs>
0: That's something you have to examine.
2: (laughs) Yeah, what you haven't realized yet is that you actually do love Counting Crows very deeply. Mm. Yeah, so Frankly in Love by David Yoon. Frank, Frank, Frank. Okay, now we're back. Um, (laughs) Here's a little summary and some plot points to be an amuse-bouche for this review. Frank Lee is a senior in high school, a self-identified super nerd and proud who's never had a girlfriend, which is fine because his parents will only let him date another Korean-American. Just ask his disowned sister guess what? That ain't gonna work. Frank starts dating Brit Means, a young white woman, and is forced to keep a secret from his Korean immigrant parents whose expectations for him conflict with any ability to have a normal American teen life. The normal is in air quotes. What follows is a story about fake girlfriends, competing identities, racial inequality, and maybe, just maybe, also getting into college. So that was a very generic summary. And to put a few more pieces of information you need to know into your heads, Frank Lee starts dating Britt Means, who is white. His family uh, immigrated to America from Korea a long time ago, and they all have children of roughly the same age. And within that group, there's a character named Joy Song, who is dating a Chinese-American boy named Wu Tang. And so Joy and and, um, Wu have been dating for two years. Joy's been keeping it a secret. It's been an incredible strain on their relationship. So when Frank starts dating Brit... He comes up with this plan uh, with Joy to start fake dating each other, which is what his parents and her parents want anyway. So their plan is to fake date each other and then with that smoke screen, be able to just go out on dates with the people they actually want to go out on dates with during that time. And that's the broad stroke setup of the book.
0: Yeah. And you know, like whenever you fake date someone, like you never develop feelings in any way.
2: You never catch feelings. Hey, yep. Toby, we never catch feelings. <laughs> First
0: rule is (laughs) never fall in love.
3: First rule of the podcast is icy cold hearts at all times.
0: (laughs) No, but like that—that's a rom-com trope. Like twelve boys I loved before can't buy me love. Bridgerton. Uh, What's that one? Until I
2: watched Bridgerton recently. Yes. So yeah, obviously nothing's going to come from that. No one's going to catch feelings or anything like that.
0: Definitely not. Um, Mm -hmm.
2: So. That's the setup. In my pros and cons, I'll try to get into a little bit more of the plot because a lot of what makes this book fun is that it is kind of like a a rom-com teen movie like one of those Netflix ones that's been coming out, but in book form. But I don't want to try to explain everything because then it would be spoilery and also, you know, not be a good, compelling review. You can just be Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Frankly, Dylan, thank you for giving me that permission. So pros, I really like the writing style. It's very, very front footed in terms of pace, which actually makes for a great kind of just another chapter energy if you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i always felt after i finished a chapter i could read another one Mm -hmm. and i think that's a testament to how david yoon writes this adolescent character who's very smart and very articulate but also you know a kind of dumb high schooler in the way that we're always already dumb at that age Mm -hmm. um and so some mix something about the mix of that felt compelling for an adult to read but also like because it was easy things for me to read it and just move forward really quick. It's a 415 page book, I think, in my edition, and it felt like 150. Another thing I really liked, um, and I got into this a little bit in the log line, a lot of this book has to do with racial dynamics, specifically how immigrant parents raise children in america specifically in this case korean american children um and also like how kind of cruddy the term korean american is for a a kid who's growing up in america why can't they just you know be american and the way david Yoon talks about that and has his characters talk about that is really clear and very satisfying i mean it's not satisfying in that they solve the answers to it because that that, that's not what the book's for but it's just stated really clearly you get really frustrated by it but you also understand why it's hard like it, it it's it created a really satisfying frustration in me in a way, which is odd to say, but uh, the way I feel. Also, Frank Lee's best friend is named Q. His last name is also Lee, but spelled L-E-E. And Q is African-American. And so they have an interesting dynamic and like a very clear conversation about why their experiences are, you know, affected by their race, but also why they're completely different in how they're affected in the world. <laughs> and so just all those levels, I thought, I thought, Yoon handled really well and, and made it something that I feel like a young adult reader, like 17 year old reading this would be able to like it would really relate to and also be able to understand. And also an adult would be like, oh, yeah, you're not completely oversimplifying this. It makes it makes sense. It was fascinating to learn about a very specific part of the American experience with a lot of very vivid characters. So like The specificity Yoon puts in around that, um, it's called The Gathering, which is when the families of the people who emigrated from Korea meet up once a month. The specificity puts into that part of the book is really interesting and not something that I had ever experienced. And and the way he writes about that is fascinating. Mm -hmm.
3: So far, it sounds really cool. It sounds like for a person who hasn't read the book, it has everything that I would want from it, like looking at the cover and kind of getting the pitch. So far, it seems to be hitting all the...
0: Toby, you would hate it. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that, that's yeah. the game of well, the podcast. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> committing to the bit. <laughs> Um, Well, let Andrew
2: hurt my feelings. Thank you very much. I don't know how Toby would feel about this, but maybe he'd hate it. The last sort of uh, elf I have is it took me back. This isn't me trying to like backdoor brag or anything like that. It took me back to being a smart kid who can't help but be incredibly stupid. Um, Another
3: one of Andrew's backdoor brags. Classic.
2: Well, I mean, I was I was a nerd in in high school. I was uh, interested in nerdy things and and Mm -hmm. considered myself pretty smart. Uh, But I was also, you know. A 17-year-old and 17-year-olds are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think he he handled that well. And it was sort of a weird disconnect to have a very smart character be incredibly dumb. But I felt like it was right for the book. Nice. Um, and I also thought it was right that he wasn't super introspective, though Goodreads does not agree with me on that yet.
0: Mm. Andrew, I agree with everything you're saying about the book. I just want to interject because I disagree about one thing, which is that in high school, you were pretty popular because you mm. won... Mr. Our High School, senior year.
2: I won that based on an interpretive dance I performed, showing my talents while making Easy Mac, because I said I am talented at cooking, reading, and something else. I forget the other things. And I did a dance doing that. Yeah, that contest is not a popularity contest. It was about who could... Sort of embarrass themselves in the most creative way on stage.
0: I have a question for you guys, and I am totally hijacking Andrew's review for 10 seconds, which is somebody asked me a question. If you were popular in high school mm. and you're now reading these books or watching these mm. movies about the nerds, and like, who do you identify with in those movies?
1: Well, as a popular kid in high school, let me tell you, it you about. Hung out with me. <laughs> But you know what yeah. I mean? I, I, that's
2: a, the answer that's, is the Lisa Loomer character from <laughs> Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion who was really mean in high school but then feels bad about it. I <laughs> hope that's what they identify with.
3: I That's funny because I've thought about uh, my high school experience and it I really am happy about it because I happen to experience like what they kind of make movies about these days, which is like a small group of not necessarily popular, but not necessarily unpopular, complete weirdos. That was my high school experience that I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah, I feel like mine was pretty similar, but less weirdo and more like smart achievers. But like,
3: I wouldn't put us in that category.
0: (laughs) We weren't, I don't know if it's the same with you, Andrew, we weren't the bottom of the totem pole or or whatever, Um, the bottom of the social hierarchy, but we definitely weren't the top. Yeah. So I was wondering if maybe just everybody feels like an outcast in high school.
1: I don't know. I mean, I related to Booby Miles
3: in *Friday Night Lights*. <laughs> what lightning-fast superstar who gets look, sidelined? Look, I
0: could have made state. It. Anyway, I totally hijacked your review, Andrew. But that's just something that I've been thinking about.
2: No, that's a really good question, and I and I wish I had been popular enough in high school to give that like you know uh, plastics answer. <laughs> I wish I had been Regina George so that I could explain how I felt watching Mean Girls. If
3: you want um, answers like that, listen to the Conan O'Brien podcast, all right? <laughs> this is not where you're going to get those answers.
0: I did I did have somebody, like, you know, I thought I was a nerd, and then somebody said that I bullied them in high school. So, and maybe I did. I don't know. I don't think I did.
1: I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of puzzle Instagrammers exactly. that think differently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who keeps
3: trolling us? Oh, my God, it's my high school bully. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. She bought the last puzzle at Target and
0: <laughs> lit it on fire. Okay, Andrew, I'm, I'm Tangent Island here. No, tangent ahead. Island. No, that's great.
2: <laughs> Luckily, it was right between my elves and orcs, so it was a great place to have a Tangent Island. <laughs> Obviously, there are aspects of this book I find very good, as outlined in the, in the elves. Here are some things I did not like as much. It felt like there was so much packed into this book that there has to be a sequel planned, but... Even so, a lot of the stuff just kind of seemed to not get enough attention. He addresses, like, he, like, kind of writes off a character at one point and sort of addresses that as, like, being part of the high school experience. Like, there are some people you'll never see again. Mm. I didn't think that was enough. Mm. Because I felt like a lot of threads or strings got pulled, but, like, very few of them got pulled fully or to, not even fully, but to a satisfying degree. It makes me think he's writing a sequel. I do not know if that is true. There's a natural next book but you know hey I'm not his agent
3: definitely in love
0: no, no I was gonna say like <laughs> frankly in relationship mm. frankly in college frankly the yeah best. frankly in
2: college is the natural <laughs> next <step>. yeah <laughs> yeah and so to that end like I think maybe there was He had one too many things in it. Obviously, there's this really cool central setup. And this is what people in Gone Goodreads were very mad about. They kept saying things like, if it's a book about fake dating, it better be a rollicking rom-com about the fake dating. You didn't give me enough about that. Well, guess what? The fake dating is kind of just a springboard for what the rest of the book is about. I'm sorry if that's a spoiler, but you will figure it out by the fact that it happens on page like 70 Um, and it's a 400 page book. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I just felt like he didn't quite balance everything. And because of that frustratingly some characters got some got really short shrifted and that was very frustrating for me because it was to the detriment of the book that we didn't have their stories pan out because the blocks had been set up and they just did nothing was done with them. Yeah. Or worse, they were wrapped up really quickly in an unsatisfying way. But yeah, an- another thing I saw a lot of people on Goodreads saying that they don't like Frank. They like didn't like him mm-hmm. as a person. Um, I don't know how they felt about him as a narrator. And I, th- I found that harsh personally. He feels like a real person to me who is messing up and then justifying it to himself. And like, I don't expect perfection from my narrator, but I can see why people would find him frustrating and tell you what you're signing up for. A book narrated by a 17 to 18 year old Mm -hmm. uh dude so he's gonna you know do some boneheaded stuff and i was fine with it but i can see why that would be frustrating for some folks
3: yeah when i when i see criticisms like that i feel like it must be really hard to write teenage characters because i feel like there's two camps there's people who are angry if your protagonist is smarter than their age and makes like adult style decisions as a teenager and then there's the flip side where people are like why are they being so dumb yeah and i i certainly prefer uh a protagonist who acts like a teenager if they are a teenager that does not bother me
2: yeah and that's why it worked for me because he was he's very book smart but not very like emotion smart mm-hmm. and i think that that yeah. that worked for me so I, I that's not really an orc for me but i just did want to call it out because it was the prevailing criticism i saw and my last thing i want to say is there was a little bit of the like frank lee this character who we know very little about is a magnet for ladies uh but like, we didn't really know why. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't feel like I had known him enough to just accept that this guy was like, everybody had a crush on him. Yeah. Which is sort of the thing that drives the book forward. Yeah. And, and so, like, I mean, I got why he did that because it sets up the story. But like, give me a little more of him before people are falling in love. With
0: I, him. I agree with you, Andrew. I read this book, too, um, a few months ago eight months ago, nine months ago. Anyway, <laughs> there's no time in, in the pandemic. But one of my main criticisms was especially the relationship with Brit. That felt really accelerated to me. It's like, wait, they're in a relationship. It, I just didn't really see how they uh, were attracted to each other.
2: Which felt like it could have worked because there are high school relationships that are kind of one sided and that go really quickly. But I just didn't feel like, yeah, I didn't feel like you nailed that Yeah, in the writing. And it could have been nailed, which is why it's frustrating.
3: It seems like there's plenty of pages to nail it in.
2: Yeah, but here's the thing: I left the book. Me, like, this could have been 200 pages longer, and maybe I would have gotten Mm. like some of my stories addressed more satisfyingly.
3: Book one of the (laughs) Frank Lee universe.
0: The David universe. Ooh,
2: that's good. So yeah, I mean, that's those are my broad strokes, like pros and cons to me. And this is when we get to the rating portion. Frustratingly, this book is exactly a 3.5, but I'm not allowed to do that. Time to choose. (laughs) <laughs> Time to choose. <laughs> no, so I'll. I'm gonna go with four. <gasps> okay. Um, okay. Like it, it, I mean, it really is a 3.5. There. It, if I'm talking about the negative parts, I want to call it a three. If I'm talking about the parts I liked, I want to call it a four. It's a 3.5. I'm gonna give it four because in this world, we need to be nicer rather than yeah. meaner.
0: Hmm. I ended up giving it a three because I disagree with Andrew. I thought it could be 200 pages shorter, but oh. giant caveat: I read it while I was waiting to go into labor. Like, I was waiting for, like, the baby to come. So I feel yeah. like maybe I was just a little impatient. You don't have time for track them. Yeah. Toby, do you have any facts on David Yoon?
3: Do I? I do. David Yoon is the New York Times bestselling author. And this is from his website because I don't think Homie has a Wikipedia page yet. He doesn't, which is weird. Yeah. He's the bestselling author of Frankly in Love super fake love song, and for adult readers, Vision Zero. Um, He's also the co-publisher of Joy Revolution, a random house young adult imprint dedicated to love stories starring people of color. He grew up in Orange County, California, and he now lives in Los Angeles with his wife, novelist Nicola Yoon, and their daughter
0: everything everything <laughs> the sun is also a star
3: whose work we reviewed on this podcast I everyone knew it but me everyone wasn't surprised when I was surprised I was like whoa so this is from an interview on thefoundress.net speaking about frankly in love which is by far his most popular book the interviewer asks which scene or chapter in the book was your favorite and why and he says I think it has to be the scene where Frank finds himself at a Korean street festival in K-Town at first he feels like he's fitting in with his Korean culture but a single linguistic slip up reminds him that he'll never fit in. After a spell of despair, he discovers a part of the festival where all the cultural misfits have gathered, hybrid hyphenated in-betweeners, creating culinary mashups like kimchi quesadillas and bulgogi tacos. This scene gives Frank a glimpse into his own future as a new American. And that sounded like a cool scene. It was
0: a good scene. It also ties into my book. No spoilers. Oh, okay. I
3: also liked it Mm because I used to live live in K-Town. The interviewer asks, what does being, I, I had to laugh at this question because I can imagine David Ewan being like, come on, but the he does give a good answer. But the interviewer asks, what does being Asian American mean to you? Ooh. Yeah, but he gives a good answer. Great
2: question. <laughs>
3: he gives <laughs> a good answer, uh, probably because he's had, uh, answered it several times. He says, that's a really great and really complicated question. For the longest time, it's meant dealing with lots of pretty awful stereotypes. It has also meant not being included in mainstream media, being erased from the culture I grew up consuming and loving. For a long time, it also meant quite a bit of self-loathing and wishing I were white. Thankfully, though, in more recent days, it means an awareness of what parts of me have been influenced by my parents and their ideas about traditional Korean culture and how those values, family, hard work, respect, actually reveal themselves to be universal once you get past the particular trappings of language and dress and food and so on. All right. So way to take a crappy question and hit it out of the park.
0: Good answer to a bad question.
3: And I really enjoyed this question, this final question. Who is the most supportive person in your life when it comes to writing? Without question, my wife, Nicola. Uh, We met at the MFA Program in Fiction at Emerson College, and we've been writing and talking about stories for our entire relationships. I read all her first drafts, and she reads mine. I'm super lucky that my favorite writer is also my favorite person.
0: Aww.
3: Very cute. Oh, that's sweet as heck. Now, since there's not a ton of other information, uh, I'm really happy that I found a section on his website, called like other projects other work
0: i was wondering if you're gonna bring this up
3: he does a lot of crazy stuff yeah really interesting he seems to be a very talented person so these are just a few of the things that he does he has on this page he has a Facebook app called Friend Garden, which is a thing that med- like measured your relationship to your friends and represented it as a flower. Oh do. No. Oh, I remember that. And if you like were doing well with this person, your flower would be like happy and have like blooms and stuff. And I think if the relationship was not great, it would be like wilting. So that <laughs> he did that. He's created two mobile games. One is called Phonetic, spelled F-O-N-E-T-I-K. And it's an infone phonetic Scrabble game. So it's like Scrabble, except everything is spelled phonetically. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has a game called Polyhedra, which is a non-violent first-person shooter, which, as far as I can tell by watching the video, just meant that you played it like a diamond that shot other shapes. <laughs> but it's like non-violent. But you're still shooting. It's
0: still, I mean, it's still a shooter.
3: He also illustrated his wife Nicola Yoon's best selling book, Everything, Everything.
0: Everything, Everything.
3: He also did the end paper illustrations for his own book, and uh, really impressively, he created a new type of notebook slash binder. And it looks like like a moleskin, if everyone knows what that is, it's like a small black notebook. But if you open it, instead of having bound pages, it has little sections of pages that you can kind of pull in and out, mm. like a three ring binder. Ooh. So you can remove them move them around, and then clip them back in without damaging the pages, which is what he said he wanted to always do, so he invented it. Oh, wow,
2: yeah, that would be so useful. Yeah, I like that. I'm always tearing pages out of out of Moleskines.
3: <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, you can go to his website. And he also has a, a collection of photos of what he calls micro-lawns, which are tiny gaps in the pavement that have clearly been seeded with grass in an attempt to create tiny lawns. I'm showing Dylan and Bailey a picture right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of these in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, And he captions them the way you would caption, like, wildlife photos. And so I wrote down my favorite caption. Absolutely stunning. Bikini strip type. About two by five feet, tapering to a one-foot point atop its concrete pubis. Oh, I hate that. Uh,
1: I see David Yoon is not doing well in the uh, quarantine. But... So, yeah,
3: uh, he's got a lot of projects going on, not the least of which.
1: No, is... I
0: can't look at it and not see that. <laughs> it's a bikini strip type. I hate it. Um, All right, good facts, Toby. Thank you. Bailey, did you read a book this week? Oh, was I supposed to read a book?
3: No, we gave you a bye week, so I really hope you didn't.
0: Oh, 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 oops. I read a book.
3: Oh, shame. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I read Dreams From My Father by unknown author, Barack Obama, unknown person, totally unaccomplished. Hidden
3: figure of legend.
0: Yeah. Never never heard of him. No, this is the memoir um, by President Obama. It starts from his birth and goes to when he's about to go to Harvard Law School. And from the preface, they say that he got a book deal because he was the first black leader of the Harvard Law Review. And so it's before his political career. My understanding is that Audacity of Hope follows his like career as a senator, and then his new one. What's the new one called? A Promised Land. A Promised Land is him his presidency. Mm-hmm. So some trilogy. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Can't wait for the fourth one, which is just chillin.
3: Actually, the one about his presidency is going to be two books, so the fourth one will be oh that part two
0: number five. Chilling. (laughs)
3: Chilling. Hanging out with Richard Branson. Kite surfing with Richard Branson. There you
0: go. Um, Remember when
3: that happened? Wow. Different times.
0: Different times. And there's a lot of similarities uh, with Frankly in Love, actually, in that, you know, in many ways, it's a coming of age story because it's telling of how he grew up and found his way. But specifically because, as you probably know, um, his mother was white and his father was from was Kenyan, was black, and so he's biracial. So he talks about being biracial and, and not really fitting into either world. And specifically, um, the figure of his father, also called, named Barack Obama, is a big figure because he left um, very early in President Obama's life. And so all he hears about are stories of his father um, and what a great guy he was from his mother, who tries really hard to put him in the best light. But you know he's learning more about this complicated person who is his father and it starts off with him getting the news that his father has died so it's like mm. he only really meets him once i think in his life and so a lot of it is him learning from other sources about his dad i really liked the themes i really liked the discussions of race and especially i liked the the like ghost figure of the father that becomes such a huge character even though he's not there mm-hmm. um And I even wrote down a quote, which was, "To think that all my life I had been wrestling with nothing more than a ghost," which is, I thought, was powerful. Yeah. And he writes in the preface. He writes in the preface that if he were to write the book again, he would include more about his mother, who was actually there for him. But I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you want what you don't have. Yeah, you always
3: end up struggling more with the
0: with the person's not there. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is a good writer. I think he definitely wrote this versus it being ghostwritten, especially mm-hmm. because it was so early on in his career. Um, I assume he wrote all his books, but that's just me being positive. Um, <laughs> he does tend to lean into some analogies and purple prose, but I think that that could just be that it's his first book. He even writes, I keep referencing the preface. He yeah, even, I feel like you only read the preface. No, I didn't. He keeps referencing. He's like, oh, I read it again, and you know, I wish I could cut some of it out, but You know it is what it is Mm -hmm. and I also didn't know that much about the specifics of his life like I didn't know that he lived in Indonesia for a long time did Mm -hmm. you know that yeah and so that was interesting to to hear about and uh, it ends with or there's a whole section of him traveling to Kenya and meeting his extended family there which I found really powerful especially when he was discussing what it's like to be sort of feel out of place his whole life as a biracial kid growing up in Hawaii and uh, Chicago and then going to some to Africa where everybody's black and he suddenly felt like oh you know people are like oh Obama like you know Dr. Obama and he's like oh people know my name people know my father's name people aren't struggling to say Barack that kind of thing I thought that was really interesting this all leads to my main theme which is something that I think you guys and pages will understand I feel like Toby's going to have a strong opinion one way, and Andrew's going to have a strong opinion one way.
3: Bailey loves to call our opinions. Have you noticed this, Andrew?
0: We'll see. Prediction. Jokes
3: on her because I
2: have no opinions. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> so, as I said in the in the opening, I have had a hard time reading books mm-hmm. recently. So I decided because I think he might have gotten a Grammy for reading this one, but I knew that the audiobook was supposedly good because mm-hmm. he reads it. Also, it's kind of fun because. Um, Obama speaks very slowly and you can speed him up and Mm -hmm. it'll go by fast and still sound normal. So I was listening to it as I was puzzling, but then I was going back to my physical copy and kind of doing both. And as I went back and I was listening and following the words, trying to find where I was, I was like, wait, this whole section is missing. (sighs) And I realized that the audiobook is abridged, Um, but it it doesn't even say that it's abridged. It was a surprise. It was a lie.
2: I can't. Surprised? abridged <laughs> i can't oh, believe they did that so i'm blowing so then m-
0: what i was going to say is if you guys discovered this what would you do then would you keep listening to it or would you feel like oh i have to read it starting with i would, wa- would
3: want to read it because i would want to know what they like i'd be like what's so crazy they had too
2: hot for audiobook yeah what about you andrew I would do the same thing. I would read the book from the beginning.
0: Yes. So I thought...
3: I never said I'd read it from the beginning. I would probably just keep reading (laughs) and then try and guess what they
0: would cut out. So my approach was to do both because otherwise I felt like I wasn't (laughs) going to know what was going on. Okay. So because like you said, Toby, I really wondered what was cut out. Mm-hmm. And so the only way to know that is by listening. So I listened to the whole thing and then I read, when it was a part that I had listened to, I skimmed it because I was like, okay, okay, okay. I don't remember that. Here's the thing, though. They cut out like 100 pages. It was a lot. They cut out whole characters, whole subplots. Like when he's um, living in Chicago and working as a community organizer, he spends a long time talking about all these examples of stuff he did for the community, for the school that is not in the book. So my main note is most of the stuff that he cut out should have been cut out. Like It's like, okay, yeah, it should Looks be like more a brief. Long book. I'm is, looking at it it's from here. It's pretty long. Um, and it's kind of, you know, when it's a memoir and it's that long, it feels a little self-indulgent.
3: Yeah, you really got to earn those pages.
0: Yes. Um, however, there were a few things that were cut out where I was like, "Ooh, maybe somebody's eyeing their presidential seat." Okay. So, there was a section about his uh, girlfriend, and there was a section about I mean, he talks about how he was a pothead in high school, but Mm -hmm. there's a section about him, why he didn't do heroin, which is cut out. Dang. Uh, That
3: would not surprise me, too, because I believe that this book came out and it did fine, but it was certainly not a bestseller. And then once he started doing really well in the presidential race, obviously, like, you know, they started reprinting it and they probably commissioned the audiobook. So at that time, they probably did a read through of it and were like, yikes.
0: See... See, I've lost my grip on reality so much that I was like, okay, so this is all an elaborate thing. He wanted to get rid of those things, so he had to get rid of other things, too, so it Uh, didn't stand out.
1: Maybe it was just a thing that, like, he was in the recording booth, and he was doing, like, normal Barack Obama pace, and they realized, since he's a very busy senator, they only have him for, like five hours
0: <laughs> or as he's reading he's like yeah let's skip this part and yeah
1: like, okay. and you would what to him now yeah
0: <laughs> anyway so that it kind of um slowed down my reading pace it was kind of a different way to read i feel like i lost a little bit of the joy of reading there but you know that's on me for feeling like i had to no you know really what? read
3: it i applaud you because that's good for the podcast like that's cool that you were able to follow that mystery i guarantee you readers if this had happened to me i'd be like huh weird
2: and that would have <laughs> been the end of the experience for you pages (laughs) (laughs) and honestly that is absolutely not on you it is on the audiobook for not advertising itself as a bridge
0: it's so weird and i can't even find because it's an audiobook like how many pages that is versus this one all all this to say that this book was a three star for me i think it could be streamlined but there were some great themes in there i would be interested to listen to his um most recent books um to get more of an idea of what his political career was like but this one three stars
3: Nice. Keep it on your shelf?
0: Mm, probably not. Okay. Yes, we can.
2: <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> Donate it again.
0: <laughs> do you have any facts on this guy? Because, like,
2: I... Yeah, I, I... Toby. Like, what? Wait, does he have a Wikipedia
3: page? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that. I went ahead and and did... Like, I usually double down, because usually when we do biographies, I'm just like, uh, you know, there'll be some information in the review anyway. And then with Barack Obama, I'm like, who cares? We all know who Barack Obama is. So I just assembled a, a parade of weird facts. Love it. Yeah. That's the right thing to do, Toby. <laughs> um, so I'll give you the teensiest line from his Wikipedia page, just in case. Um, this is the first thing that reaches alien ears, and they've spent, you know, years decoding it, and they're wondering what's going on. Barack Hussein Obama II was born August 4th, 1961. He's an American politician and attorney who served as the 44th president of the United States from 2009 to 2017.
0: Wait, he was president? What? His
3: middle name is Hussein? A member of the Democratic Party, Obama was the first African-American president of the United States. No way. Whoa. So here begin the random facts. So as Bailey mentioned, Barack Obama won a Grammy for his 2005 performance of this book. He also won a Grammy in 2007 for The Audacity of Hope. Michelle Obama won the Grammy for Becoming, where at this (gasps) point it feels like they're just kind of handing them out when they read a book. But there is no word yet. As to whether or not they're going to give him the Grammy for A Promised Land. So, bated breath. Um, I found a list of uh, gifts, strange gifts that people gave Barack Obama. David Beckham gave him 50 pairs of H&M briefs at the time when David Beckham was the star of their briefs campaign. That's awkward. Oh, we know. <laughs> Barack Obama is left-handed, which may not be a surprise to you guys. However, have you can you guess how many other presidents were left-handed?
0: I bet Andrew knows. A surprising amount. Okay.
3: And like 40%. If you had to put a number, a numerical number on it.
2: I know we're above So if podcast. I'm saying 40%, I'm going to say 19, a- 26.
0: Andrew is, I'm going to go with Andrew because he's left handed and people always gave him left handed facts books.
2: All
3: right. So it's, seven. <laughs> it's
0: seven. What? It's seven.
3: Um, uh although they do admit that they say that um it could be more because in the 18th century and before people were often retrained away from being left-handed as it was seen as a disability
1: Hmm. so you're saying he's Hmm. a leftist (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: um, the presidents on record as being left-handed are barack obama james garfield herbert hoover harry truman gerald ford ronald reagan george hw bush and bill clinton
0: So a lot of the recent presidents. Exactly.
3: Nobody, Nobody real old. So here's from an Instagram post about his writing habits. This is Obama himself. He says, I'm old fashioned, I write in longhand initially. I had an outline for how the book would proceed. I took out some yellow pads. I was very particular about the pens I use. And then I just, with my left-handed scrawl, write out a bunch of stuff and then transfer it onto a computer. And it was usually during the transfer from writing to computer that I did my first edit. I'm a night writer. So usually my best writing was done after Michelle and the girls had gone to bed. I'd probably stay up until two o'clock in the morning. From about 10 to two is when I could really lock in and I didn't have a lot of distractions.
2: I feel that on some on some ways. The idea of as a left handed person writing on a legal pad, I'm impressed with him. With he a must pen? have had a very yeah. specific pen. Well that's the well, that's i I'm guessing part of why he has a specific pen because whenever I write with a pen on a legal pad I wipe it out with my hand.
3: I'm very happy that you mentioned the specific pen because that piqued my interest. President Obama has a favorite pen, and here it is. I lift it up for you, Pages. Gotta it's be it's quick dry.
2: Record. Gotta be quick dry.
3: Paper, paper, paper. <laughs> It is the Uniball Vision Elite Rollerball Pen Micro Point 0.5 millimeter. And I have a picture of it here for Dylan and Bay to look at.
0: That's a good one.
2: It's oh, a actually, one. I know that pen and yeah. it's my favorite too. Oh, yeah. I think it is because it dries quickly. There we <laughs> <Honestly>.
3: go. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something like Mont Blanc, la but da uh, but yeah, it's it's a very no, sta- like I used this in like middle school.
2: Yeah, no, it's funny. It's a kind of pen that, yeah, it was available early, looked like a nice pen, but did dry quickly. That's so funny.
3: And here's the final quote uh from obama this is uh from an article on newyorktimes.com it begins as what the author of the article has written and then it'll transform into obama's voice trying to get his stories down on paper and find a voice that approximated the internal dialogue in his head mr obama studied authors he admired quote as much as anybody he says when i think about how i learned to write who i mimicked the voice that always comes to mind the most is james baldwin I didn't have his talent, but the sort of searing honesty and generosity of spirit and that ironic sense of being able to look at things squarely and yet still have compassion for even people whom he obviously disdained or distrusted or was angry with. His books all had a big impact on me.
0: Cool. It it reminded me a lot of Black Boy by Richard Wright. Thanks, Toby. Thank you. So, um, again, Dreams for My Father by Barack Obama, three stars. Not keeping on my shelf, but, you know. If you're interested in it, good for puzzling, too. Andrew, did you uh, come up with a game uh, this week?
2: I did, and it's a weird one, guys. Yay! Yay! A big theme of these two books is the relationship between a child and their father. The name of this week's game is, Hey, Dads, Can You Relate to Your Kid?
0: Dylan's a dad. We should have him play.
2: No. <laughs> what? Oh, actually, to that very extent, oh. Dylan, I would love for you to play oh, this no. game. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's how this game is going to work. All three of you are in a three men and a baby kind of situation. I've never seen three men and a baby, but I assume it's three men raising a baby. Your your, your child, Gretchen, is about to turn 14, and you need to figure out what to get her for her birthday. Okay. 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 Okay broad strokes that's what's going on here
0: I feel like I have an advantage by being a girl
3: I feel like there's okay. I feel like there's one page out there who's been putting off getting his daughter Gretchen
2: a birthday present and he's like oh my gosh
3: it's
0: like it's taking great. out a pen yes. getting ready to write down it's the uniball. His
3: uniball
2: here's how the game works I have three personas and you can each pick one and you'll ask Gretchen questions I will be playing the role of Gretchen okay. I will not change my voice no. in any way because I don't want to um, such a Gretchen thing to say I know Gretchen has several known interests, a few hidden interests, one secret interest that is like the fire of her heart and several hates. Oh, I love this. You're, oh, gonna, no. you're gonna ask your questions uh-huh. and then each of you will choose a gift for Gretchen.
3: I feel like a gift for Gretchen was one of those V.C. Andrews books, like <laughs> later in the series.
0: Anyway, I want I want a dad persona. <laughs>
2: <laughs> These are the three personas I will let you choose. We have fish and Dad, Mm-hmm. He's good at patience and and bonding because you know he have to be patient for fishing. Um, motorcycle dad who's good at <laughs> who's good at not being embarrassing. He's got that rad factor, but he's not always super good at listening. Okay, mm-hmm. and then we have sweater vest dad who's good with the smart stuff, but very very uncool. Fish and dad will only be able to ask one question, but. It is an open-ended question that is not just a yes or no that I will answer fully and with a lot of detail. Mm. Motorcycle Dad, the questions I will answer in a yes and or no but situation. um, You'll get three questions, but Gretchen will lie or embellish to seem cool to you. Okay. And then Sweater Vest Dad can ask five questions, but they're simply yes or yes or no. I feel like Toko would be Motorcycle Dad. I want to be Sweater Vest Dad.
3: I can handle being Motorcycle Dad. Okay. And you're which one? So you want to be fishing, Dad? Fishing,
1: Dad. <laughs> I've been fishing once.
2: <laughs> She's sitting at the dinner table at three in the afternoon after getting home from school, eating Totino's pizza rolls. Uh huh. Um, and you're I'm all there, right. trying to figure out what to get for her for her birthday. Her known interests are reading, mm-hmm. large arcade games, and survival skills. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. Um,
2: lights up. Lights up. On in- Gretchen eating a Totino's pizza roll. Enter. Okay. Sweater vest, Dad.
0: Uh hey there Gretchen. Uh um uh, did you uh, uh enjoy school today?
2: No.
3: You just wasted a question, you fool. <laughs> I knew motorcycle dad should have gone first.
0: Um uh did you have any after-school activities? Yes. Uh I don't you enjoy being part of a team, Gretchen? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, no. Okay. Uh oh,
2: okay. I'm only allowed to answer yes or no, but my enjoyment of being on a team is not relevant.
0: Oh, okay. Well, um you had a really good time when we uh went on that rafting trip, right? Yes. Uh and um you really like to listen to that um uh, Ludicrous, right? I have
2: no feelings on Ludicrous, but it's neither <laughs> yes or no. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, I'm just going to go to my room, and if you, if you want to hang out, I'll be there. Um, and I give you a bonus
2: question. No, I don't want to hang out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, love you.
2: Yeah, you too.
3: Um- Lights up. The kitchen is filled with the rumble of a 12-valve Harley-Davidson.
2: Vroom, vroom,
0: vroom, vroom. Oh, thank you, thank wow. you.
3: It rolls into the, into the driveway. <laughs> I thought
0: you were going to say it rolls it, into the kitchen. And then the, <laughs>
3: the kitchen door rattles, and then there's a little backing up sound. Oh, you're adding this. You
2: can add the sound effects beep, in. Beep, beep,
3: beep. And then Poor the door to busts open, and, and in comes motorcycle dad. G-Dog, what's oh, up?
2: Hey, Dad, what's up? I love you the best. Just kidding. huh? I got you a bag of candy oh sweet awesome i didn't even brush my teeth this morning i'm not i'm not supposed to tell you that but you said that's not part of the real rules that's true not an attend <laughs> dentist suck did you know
3: that
0: hold on he's given
2: that's a question tattooed on your he's arm he's had
0: two questions and he's those engaging are in conversation statements
2: no no, you, no those are, are two questions. questions all right well see you later Gretchen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's only important to me that you think i'm cool <laughs>
1: He said. He said, "How are you?" He said, "How are you?" He asked the toothpaste question, and he said, "Did you know that the, den- uh, the t- three out of ten dentists
0: <laughs> motorcycle dad
3: shuts the door, and you hear the roar no. of an engine as it starts up, and he peels out of the driveway." We got too into the role play there. That's, uh, I mean, I have to follow you the rules. Any
0: I thought we weren't allowed to role play. I was following the rules.
3: <laughs> all right, it's all down to fish dad.
1: Okay, sun rises on the pond. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you're okay, in the It's kitchen. still three.
2: It's three in the afternoon. We've established this.
1: <laughs> the sun is high up on the pond. She's <laughs> in the boat eating testino rolls. <laughs> I'm using mine as bait. Hey there, slugger.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, dad. Oh, sorry. Hey, uh, dad. Fishing, dad. Sorry. I know you guys like me giving <laughs> a, a description before I say dad. Just gonna use long, awkward sounds to draw this out. <laughs> It's okay. I'm very comfortable in silence in your presence. I've gotten used to it. Have you thought about what you want to study in college? You know, I'm still only 14, or not even yet, but college weighs heavily on my mind. I Well, you know, it all depends on if I can, you know, really improve on my skills on the ice, and if I can get maybe recruited for that, but I don't know that that's really possible. But, you know, you don't want to hitch your whole future to, you know, a few... A few short years of maybe a, of a few of athletic achievement I, I would want to you know do something that I could feel passionate about I want to be able to make things make things that you know could possibly nourish ah, that's stupid it's stupid no you don't want to hear about this you don't want to hear about this I just No, um, I
1: do the fish aren't fighting today I got all the time in the world I, I think
2: uh I think that's all I I can really say about that motorcycle dive. dad roars by on a jet ski <laughs> <laughs> motorcycle dad who asks no meaningful questions roars past. What's All up, G right. Dog? I throw her another bag of candy. Hey, hey, motorcycle dad, thanks for more candy. <laughs> um,
0: uh, I'll just be here to pick you up when you're ready.
3: And then that was from the back of the jet ski. Enjoying <laughs> 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 yourself. <laughs> All
0: right, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got my gift.
2: It's Gretchen's 14th birthday. She didn't want a big thing. You're presenting your gifts. Hi, sweater vest dad. You said you got a gift for me.
0: Um, yes, I did, honey. Um, if you open it, you'll see that it's it's a knife, but you'll see it's in the shape of a hockey stick, Which, because I know you love hockey, um, but it's a knife that can cut cakes, because I think you like making cakes, but you can also use it for survival if you get stranded. So that's what I have to say as Sweater Dad.
2: Uh, Hey, thank you um, so much. If we had to measure this out on a scale of positivity, you are, you know, slightly above zero. Uh, (laughs) Who wants to go next? Uh,
3: Motorcycle dad um, comes in. He's really doing his best to keep it kind of, you know, controlled today. He's not running into any doors. And he he says, hey, honey, uh, here's what I got you. I'm really excited about it. First of all, I got you some skates. Um, They're not ice hockey skates because you said you weren't a team player. They are uh, figure skating skates. And we're gonna go on a camping trip together because I know you love the outdoors.
2: Thank you, I want you to like me so much. Thank you so much. Well, I I do like you, Gretchen, you're great. I want you to think I'm cool though. I don't want you to like me just because you have to. You know, Gretchen- Hey fishing dad, what did you get me? (laughs) Sorry I was late, fish were (laughs) biting. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's not a thing people say.
3: How does he have more mystique than me, motorcycle dad? <laughs> and I bought because you, you th- chose a weird way of playing motorcycle dad. <laughs> and I bought you this.
1: It's technically a kit, so they come together. But it's my ice saw and my fishing rod. Your what? My ice saw and my fishing rod. Ice saw okay. that I use for ice fishing. Okay. Ah, and an ice fishing. One side. day we might be able to go out to the lake. Probably winter month. That's when the fish are biting. <laughs>
3: And then and then Fish and Dad turns around and we notice he has a pair of wings.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much, Fish and Dad. Hey, dads, I know we live in a weird sitcom, but I love you all. Thank you for your gifts.
3: Uh, we love you too, Gretchen.
0: Love you so much, honey. Let's all go for a ride in the
3: hog. <laughs> And then I, I, I reveal that I put three sidecars
2: on my hog.
0: But It's important to know which one of us you love the best. Well,
2: here's the issue. I love you all the same in different ways. Uh-huh. And here is why. You all ended up with a score of plus one. Ooh. Ooh. Dylan, you picked basically just survival skills. You used ice as an interest level. One of her hidden interests was, in fact, ice hockey. Yes. Good job. Bailey however I didn't think that it was enough to bump up to being a hidden interest because you it was ice fishing which is a little different so you get one point for for picking a gift in the survival skills category
1: um I just figured if you teach a girl to fish it's a great gift
2: (laughs) and you have taught her to fish but in this situation you only get one point no one is completely negative which I'm impressed by Toby similarly you you gave her a gift that fits within what she's interested in. So I'm still going to give you a point. The reason I said teams don't apply to her is because the ice hockey is a hidden interest of hers. So she's not like on a team. She's just really interested in it. Hmm. But Hmm. she'll be able to use these figure skates, though she's really interested in ice hockey. Okay, That's one point for you, Toby. So the most um, insightful person was Sweater Dad. Very insightful. (laughs) However, overcompensated and then ended up really shooting himself in the foot because while ice hockey was a hidden interest, you got plus three points for that. And because it was something that could be used for survival, you got one points for that. So you're at plus four. But one of her hates was baking. She absolutely hated baking. The nourishment was about pasta making, which was her secret interest, Um, which no one asked nearly enough questions for me to reveal anything (laughs) about. Um, So because you picked baking, which was sort of the landmine here, you lost another three points, bringing you back down to one. Hence, Gretchen loves all her dads equally. And it's a heartwarming tale. Oh,
0: that's nice. that was great. Good job, everybody. Good job, dads. Good job, dads. Well, speaking that was a
2: great game. I, I love, love games like that. Yeah.
0: Cut to our dad, the yep. dad on the podcast, everyone's dad, <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> I'm everyone's dad. It's time for you to choose books at random off our sh- our shelves. It's time for the, the choosening. choosing.
1: Are you, the choosing. Are you fishing for an
0: answer? You're no longer fishing. Well, the da- fish ain't
1: biting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting that we were talking about writing and penmanship. Because Bailey actually is really good at it. In fact, you could say she has a really good signature. Because Bailey has Uh-oh. The Signature of All Things by Elizabeth Gilbert,
0: number 103. Cool. All right. So this is, um. she wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And this was oh, okay. a book that she wrote after that. And I've had it on my shelf for many years. So cool.
3: Have you read Eat, Pray, Love yet? Yeah. Okay. And good? Bad?
0: I mean, I like the pasta parts.
2: All right. <laughs> we'll leave it at Ooh. that. You, so does pasta, Dad. You didn't like. He's the secret fourth dad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like the part where she left her home and she was left unsheltered. Andrew, you have "Unsheltered" by Barbara Kingsolver, number ninety.
2: Ooh. Oh, that's exciting! I'm excited about this. I loved. Um, the only other Barbara Kingsolver I've read is it uh, Poisonwood Bible. Yeah, so I'm really excited about this.
0: Cool. Um, so, in two weeks on the podcast, I will be reading The Signature of All Things by Elizabeth Gilbert and Toby, and I think Andrew are going to be reading The Buried Giant by Kazuo Ishiguro. Thanks for listening to the To Read List. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email the To Read List podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Goodreads at slash the To Read podcast and on Instagram at the To Read List podcast.
3: You know, my father had a dream once. He had a dream that you would go on iTunes and rate this podcast five stars. And I have the audacity to hope that you will do it.
2: Also, if your dad didn't recommend any podcasts to you and you feel neglected by that, make up for that now by recommending our podcast to a friend, Uh, anyone you think you might enjoy this podcast. Word of mouth is still our best form of advertising, and it's the best way for new folks to find this podcast.
0: Thanks to Toby and Andrew for co-hosting the podcast with me, to Dylan for sound recording, and to Miss Jillian Beth Durkee for composing our intro song. See you in two weeks. Happy reading. Books,
2: Books, 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 books.